Welcome to the Trail Blazers Podcast, brought to you by the Golden Key University of Johannesburg Student Chaplain. It is a truly and special welcome to all you listeners. Welcome back to the Trail Blazers Podcast. We are excited to have you back, and on today's episode, we will be speaking with um, exciting people from the Golden Key Executive Committee and Subcom. I am Batu William Kize, the Campus and Community Outreach Director and your host for today. Um, I'm going to hand it over to my fellow colleagues to introduce themselves. Hello, everyone. My name is Hope and I am the Service Director of Golden Key UJ Chapter. Um, hello, Hi, everyone. Okay, go ahead, Dinelle. Okay, thank you. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Dinelle Khan, and I am in the Service Directory Subcommittee working alongside Hope. Um, greetings, everyone. I am Abongile Mangasa, and I'm uh, a subcommittee under the Campus and Community Outreach uh, under Ms. Batwe. Great stuff. We're glad to have you guys featured on the Trail Basis Podcast today. So guys, as you know that the Trail Basis Podcast is a podcast made by students for students. And basically the premise of today's episode is Be the Change. We will be discussing various topics such as entrepreneurship, employability and how to deal with burnout as we in the second semester of the year and we want to equip you with um, maybe tips and tricks and you know maybe um, discuss certain challenges in terms of those topics that we face as students and if we can contribute to some bit of change. So I'm just going to go ahead and start with the questions as this will be an open panel discussion type of episode and we just want to feature the great minds we have um, you know, in the executive committee and the subcom committee. So the first question, this is just a general question, is what does being a student mean to you guys? Ms. Hope, you can go ahead um, and answer that one, please. Um, thank you very much for the question. I think to me, being a student means um, being in the moment above all, experiencing new things, facing new challenges academically, socially, and otherwise, and just evolving and growing. Thank you. I love that you mentioned being in the moment because, you know, this uh, being a student is, you know, maybe depending at, at three-year journey or four-year journey, and it's very good to be present, whether in class, you know, make those memories before even stepping out in the formal um, labor market. What would you guys say, um, Abo and Dinewa, like being a student, like so far, um, is it the same, um, you know, coming in maybe like when you're in high school, you had like certain image or expectation of what it feels like being a student, now that you are, how would you say that it's different or similar to what you perceive it to be? How would you wanna go first? Um, okay, I don't mind going first. Um, so for me, um, being a student is kind of similar whether it's the 
secondary school environment or tertiary. Um, it's similar in the way that in both of these fields, um, for me, it was always about developing myself beyond the curriculum. So it was for me to see um, as to see aspects of myself growing. Um, so yeah, so that I can be what I like to call a jack of all trades that I don't only master if I'm studying law, the legal field, but to be able to speak about other issues as well that are not pertaining to the legal field. So it's generally about growth in all aspects for me. And, and it's similar in that way because in both the, the tertiary and this one, I've been able to try and grow in all aspects of my life. Thank you um, for that. And, you know, put a shining a light on just general growth, which is, you know, what's being the change is because change is only achieved, you know, through both, um, through growth and not being stagnant. So yeah, what does it mean to you, Mr. Now? Um, to me, it means that you are caught in between being a teenager and being an adult. So you are constantly faced with making decisions for yourself. And most of the time, these decisions are kind of like borderline between having fun or being serious. And it's kind of hard for you as a student because you kind of want both of this, like both best of both worlds, which is having fun and being serious. But at the end of the day, you are also working towards your future. Um, and also because you are just out of like teenagehood, you are in varsity now. Um, it's now facing you, like you're faced with a challenge of making these decisions by yourself. You're not pushed by anyone. You actually have to come to the realization that whatever you make or whatever decision that you choose at that point is um, going to affect your future. So for me, it's really that, that you're caught in between teenagehood and adulthood and you're just constantly realigning your goals because um, one day you think you just want to be an accountant and then the next day you think, you know, this is probably not for me. So it's just constantly just trying to realign yourself. Yeah. I love that. I mean, guys, definitely feel free um, to comment, you know, on something that you like from your fellow colleague. But yeah, I mean, it is a constant battle, but I feel like, you know, it's nice that you also have people who are like-minded. So you're not the only one, you know, trying to find that balance as a student. So I think another question that I want to pose to you guys is how does one deal with feeling burned out? I mean, you know, during the time of the year, maybe you were just giving it your all first semester, you were, you know, pushing and your um, results did show. But now where it's actually second semester, we have to push energy levels have decreased, your motivation is, you know, decreased as well. So how does one um, remove themselves from feeling burnt out? Um, I would say that for myself, I exercise. So the past semester, I wasn't really, I kind of focused on school more instead of um, jogging because I jog as a form of exercise. And I do realize that while I'm jogging, I kind of let go of school. I'm in the moment and I'm enjoying the breeze, I'm enjoying the views. It's that moment where I'm not just 
thinking about the next deadline. Um, and when I come back from that, I feel rejuvenated. I feel like, okay, let's do this again. So definitely for me, one thing I, I do when I'm burnt out is exercising, although it's hard because one thing about being a student, you think that every minute that you spend outside of school is a waste or it's like it's going to maybe drop your marks or something. So when I'm out there and I'm jogging for an hour, there's that like bit of guilt that, oh my gosh, in this hour, I could have been doing this. I could have been submitting this or planning um, for this project or whatever. So yeah, I think that's the downfall with being a student that even if you want to try these other things to get rid of your burnt out moment, you do feel guilty. Um, Another thing that I would suggest is like going out or visiting a friend and just socializing. I think those help as well. Um, but just to highlight that, I don't know if other speakers will, you know, give a solution for this. How do you get yourself from like away from that guilt, even if you want to get rid of the burnout, but you constantly feeling guilty of just having fun? I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I'm with the previous episode, we were speaking with two interns who are interning. One is a ding, um, one is a psychological, um, no, what is it? She's just interning at Psychiat as a psychologist, yes, a psychologist. So, you know, a lot of students battle with like shame and guilt, like when wanting to do things that are not, that are not part of the like, you know, schoolwork. But at the end of the day, for your overall health, you know what I mean? In order to perform well, you have to do things um, that will please you. And obviously, as I love that you mentioned exercising, you know, because there's no cost to that. You can just go out, enjoy the fresh air, you know, enjoy the scenery around you. And and I know exercising as well also helps with like energy levels. So I feel like that's a good solution for students. Maybe any of you guys who are listening, who are feeling burned out, you know, um, who are not, your energy levels are low, I think you just, I hope you take um, in mind what um, Dinawa has just spoken about. Um, for me, um, I was, how do I deal with being burned out? Um, okay, I'll try and tackle it into uh, the question in two, two halves way. How do I deal with it when it happens? And how do I try and prevent being burned out? So, um, when I'm burnt out, normally what I do um, to recover, I have to sleep um, for at least. And the thing is, you must know your body. If you are intimate with your body, then it becomes easy to do things that leads you to recovery when you burn out. So for me, um, it's sleeping a lot. Uh, I need to sleep. I know you can't sleep like, when I say I need to sleep for three days, a person cannot like sleep for three days like, continuously but I need to like not do a lot of things in just three continuous days where I'm just sleeping get up shower sleeping and not consume anything uh whether be it school related or work related then I'll be able to recover uh what I do for myself in order not to get to the point of burning out is I normally uh I, I have to follow a certain uh, regime or study timetable or work timetable where I know I must do this at a specific time and by doing that uh, I don't get burned out because in that regime or study timetable or work routine 
I have breaks for myself. And then this also adds to what uh, Ms. Dineo also asked, how does one not feel guilty about not working? So when you have a certain time, when I have, I can only speak with the reference to myself, I'm not gonna speak with everyone. Since I have a timetable to do things, I know, okay, this hour or these three hours in my day are specifically for resting. So what does resting constitute of? Be it playing games or watching a series, then in that time, I don't feel guilty because I know I have already done schoolwork or whatever work that needed to be done. So yeah, that's how I deal with the burning out and not burning out question. Um, thank you very much for that. Um, but yeah, I think sleep is very important and rest overall like has a lot of benefits, um, benefits as a student. So yeah, I think, um, you know, you, Ms., you guys have said all. So I think the next question is also kind of related to being burnt out is how do you stay motivate, motivated? You know, I think that's the question that we get all the time. What is your why? You know, what keeps you driven? Because like maybe some people are studying um, for the, the why is money. Others maybe to please their parents, but you know, that can only sustain you to a certain amount of time. You know what I mean? So how do you guys stay motivated? You know, because it obviously gets challenge, challenging. You get fatigued, you know, you get burnt out, overwhelmed with work and stress. So how do you stay motivated that it's a constant and you know that, you know, when you're feeling weak in terms of motivation, whatever way you motivate yourself, you, you can easily pick yourself up and be better. Um, so uh, I'll go first here. So um, I think uh, for myself, how I, uh, um, I, how I stay motivated is I always, it's like you said, um, you know why. For me, I always have uh, a goal that I want to uh, to reach, right? So whenever I feel like ah, it's not worth it, or I always look back to the goals that I've written that I have down. That okay, I want to acquire this at this point in time. I want to acquire this at this certain point in time. So when I look at those and I feel discouraged, I just look at those and I'm like, okay, if I don't do this now, I'm gonna delay the goal. It can be delayed by a year, it can be delayed by six months, but ultimately it gets delayed and it's not gonna be nice. It's not gonna be, a, even though it's not a nice feeling that I have now, that I'm discouraged and everything, it might be even worse of a feeling when it gets to that timeline that I've set for myself in five years, or one month or two, whatever. When I get there, it's gonna be worse. It's gonna be even failure, you know? So I try to look at it like that, that if I don't do this now, the consequences of not it being done might be much greater than the feeling that I have at the present time. So that gets me going, that gets me, if that day is really bad, it gets me to do at least an hour of what I was supposed to do. Maybe I didn't do the three hours that I was supposed to do, but it lets me do something at least, so yeah. That's how I deal with motivation. I go back to the first initial reasons of why I'm doing this, what is propelling me. And when I go back and remember those reasons, I'm like, oh, okay, we need to do this. And then, yeah, that's how I do it.
Um, I think you are onto something. Most definitely, going back to the drawing board is what helps me as well. Um, but something else that helps me is, I don't know, maybe other students relate to this. Um, actually thinking back to your background. So if you're someone who's not from like um, a good or like a well-off family, you kind of have to remind yourself that that is not where you want things to end for yourself. Um, you want to be better and you want to set an example for those around you, whether in your family or in your community. Um, for that, for me, that's what works for me in that I just have to remind myself of where I come from and where I would like to be in the future. And also just reminding myself of what I've once achieved or um, I'm here for a reason, like I'm here because I'm capable and I'm sure that I'm here because God saw that I can handle this load. So for me, it's just reminding myself of that, that, I mean, I, I can achieve this. I've once, you know, done great, so I can do it again. So yeah, that's what motivates me. I don't know about Ms. Hope. Um, I definitely concur with the sentiments that Mr. Bongile and Ms. Dineo have shared. And um, it's very important to always go back to the drawing board and reevaluate the reasons why you started and what you wanted to achieve, what was the end goal. And also on top of that, sometimes even when you do realize that the end goal is greater than the pain that you're enduring, um, you also need to surround yourself with people who are positive and people who uplift your spirit and motivate you to do better. So that's definitely one thing that I've learned um, in my university experience to surround myself with people who also motivate me, who are also driven because we, we feed off each other's energies. So that's a very, very important part um, that has helped me to stay motivated in my university journey so far. And also praying um, in moments that I am weak has also helped me greatly to like keep on pushing. I love how you both actually mentioned, um, you know, prayer and God, you know, because trust me, like the are moments where you feel like crying and, you know, it just get overwhelmed. And another thing that I love that you mentioned, Dinewa, is, you know, um, your family situation or your family background, because the topic is be the change, you know, you want to improve your family situation, your community, and, you know, just the young black child, you know, your, your inner child, you know, who dreams of big things. So I feel like that is, you know, a very good point. So um, in terms of um, the next question, I'll be asking, um, when were you guys like first introduced to entrepreneurship, maybe at school, in the, at university? And is it something that you would consider or have an interest in? Because um, of course we're in like a formal um, education institution. So, you know, we're not really like out there, you know, trying to be entrepreneurs, but I mean, people can do both at the same time, but when, when were you guys first introduced to entrepreneurship as a concept, maybe on TV or, you know, certain programs? 
where you see that people, you know, are, you know, starting a small business and then, you know, turning this thing into an empire? Um, that's a very interesting question. And I feel like it's a topic that us as young people need to have. It's a discussion that we need to have. And I'm very excited that you asked this question. Um, for me, I'd always seen like people talking about entrepreneurship, like on TV and stuff. But my mindset at that time was, it's probably for someone else and not me until I finished high school. And so I, I took a gap year and I was just at home resting, doing nothing. Until one day I was like, but you know what? I know how to do hair and I can do people's hair for money. Uh, so there was this other lady, she used to do my hair when I was in high school. And I was like, oh, can I just come and see what you do? And that's how I also like started doing hair and I made a bit of money, but obviously that was not my niche. So I got into, I started learning how to do um, graphic designing and making logos, making posters and stuff like that on YouTube. And I then started my own thing. I started my own video company and I was doing logos and it was going well. And now that you asked me that question, I realized that, well, I, I was actually and still am actually like an entrepreneur. And I think the biggest takeaway from my experience um, as an entrepreneur has been like, you need to start where you are with what you have. Because most of us think that we need to have certain things for us to start something. Um, so we wait for that big um, break to come, but what is in your hands is potential and you need to realize it and you need to utilize it and it will grow from there, from where you are. So yeah, that is me on entrepreneurship. I love that. I think, you know, sometimes you like correlate like entrepreneur entrepreneurship into like formal like businesses you know which is like um not the case not necessarily because as you said you know you're inspired you know a lot of maybe family members they were entrepreneurs entrepreneurs in their own respective rights and also instilled that so yeah like um definitely i love that um so regarding my situation um when looking back at it so uh, the first time I was introduced to entrepreneurship was in primary school. I was in grade six or grade five. So there was this subject, um, I think it was EMS, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was EMS, where we had to, uh, we have a market day, we had a market day. So we had to sell something. So you could either go to a, a shop, and buy a lot of packet of chips and then sell them to try and get profit from it. Or well, in my case, I bought popcorn and then, yeah, I made popcorn. Some had icing sugar and so on and so forth. And the whole point of that exercise was to get can you make profit, how much do you buy it for, how much do you sell it, and so on and so forth. So that was my first experience with entrepreneurship. Um, and answering the question of whether uh, I am, is it something that I'm interested in? 
Um, uh, I really, I don't, I don't, it's, I don't think it's, I'm an, I'm an academic by nature, a research type of person. Um, so yeah, at this moment, it's not something that I've considered or tried doing. I know I've tried it. I tried it. Um, there was there's these things where you have to, for example, like Inuka. Inuka is the best example I can make of that. Um, so I had joined with a friend where we had to recruit people and sell all these things. I never liked it. Yeah, it was not for me at that point. So yeah, I guess it's not something that I've considered or considered venturing into. Yeah, after whatever I'm studying in my, at this point in time. So yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, it's not for me, I guess. Wow, I'm actually like reminded about like a similar thing we had at school. We also had a market day and, you know, it was just so fun, you know, making that like first bit of profits with your friends, like ours was done like, in teams. And I think uh, we had like the sweets. Yeah, we were selling sweets and stuff. I was just so excited, you know, I'm making my own money and yeah, like the, the joy of it. So yeah, what would you say um, was the first time you were introduced to entrepreneurship in now? Um, I think the furthest I can think of was in high school when, you know, like high school boys will just sell sweets, like silk sweets lollipops <laughs> they'll sell lollipops like from class to class and I think at that time because teachers were against it it wasn't um it wasn't legal in inverted commas um yeah it was just not school policy to just start selling around the school but I think now looking at it and looking back at it I'm like you know they were brave and they took a risk um now I just admire them um, and also I've been exposed to entrepreneurship in university. Um, yeah, in both, like I've been at a previous university and I, then I came to UJ. So in both universities, that's when I think I got like a light bulb moment that this is actually a thing. And um, you just see that students are hustlers, like they hustle. So you'll see someone selling iPhones, someone selling branded t-shirts or someone just having their own brand, others selling food. So it just started to fascinate me even more when I came to varsity. And the first time I started to think of an entrepreneurial idea was when I was in first year in 2018 at UCT. And because I was in Cape Town, I used to miss small street. So we didn't have small street there. And I didn't know another like similar situation as small street so in my mind I was like I should probably you know stock clothes from small and then come sell them come sell them here to students you know um because I mean clothes this side are very cheap or like thrift them and then sell them this side but then it never it never materialized and then another thing another idea again was during lockdown so during lockdown I thought okay let me sell like because now we were kind of and closed our address, but like we didn't go out much. And yeah, everyone was just so scared at that point. So I'm thinking, let me sell acha, let me sell sweets, let me sell chips. But then still, even at that time, I didn't have the bravery 
it just didn't happen. So every time I just had that thing of, I just have this idea, but never um, I set upon it. So it's only this year that I'm, you know, I'm having a taste of it, a taste of it. Um, so I just started selling eggs this year, I think it was February. Um, and yeah, it, it's just been, it shows you a different side of you, you know, um, communicating with clients, you realize for how I can actually be, you know, friendly. I can, I do have that, um, yeah, I'm friendly in general, but <laughs> I do have that um, customer, I don't know, customer what, but like being able to talk customer to customer service. Yeah. Yeah, customer service. So, yeah, I think it has taught me that and just um, being able to put yourself under pressure or like put yourself in a, in a situation where you have to deliver. So last month it was recess and then I had to come back to this and um, the money that I had left was basically for groceries. But then I also had a demand on the other hand of eggs. So I had to decide then, then do I prioritize food or do I actually sell eggs to, you know, keep my business going and not let it die down? Because one thing about business as well is that if you keep quiet for too long, people do find other alternatives. So yeah, it has been teaching me a lot. I think it's something that I want to explore more in the future. I am really just testing the bravery side of things at the moment because it does require the bravery element. I don't think everyone um, gets fascinated over the idea of being a salesperson or like selling to people or convincing people to buy and stuff. So yeah. I love that. Um, actually, now that you you mentioned it, like even here at Vez, like there are a lot of people who like with people who clean shoes, these people who sell like tech shops, these people like everything you can think of, they have it here. And it actually like inspired me, like, you know what? Like you can actually um offer your brain, like you obviously in university, you learning, trained to be competent, but you can also like, you know, if you're passionate about sales also sell people and convince them, you know, um, into your business. So I think, you know, also with me, I'm currently not involved with anything, but it also like has inspired me actually, you know, it's, I need to also like invest, or try to see what can I offer to people that they're already not getting, you know? So yeah, um, another question, um, would you say like um, entrepreneurship is relevant to what you are studying? Um, I myself, I'm doing become accounting. So, I mean, accounting is most, you can have your own accounting firm and, you know, a later on get experience. But I generally, the idea is to be, you know, employed by like the big firms. I wouldn't say like, um, you know, um, the course in itself encourages um, entrepreneurship, but it is relevant because you, you can have your own firm and you know if you have a group of people um that you guys have the same vision and yeah so what would you guys would you say entrepreneurship is relevant to what you're studying um okay uh tackle it first um i think generally uh, entrepreneurship is um applicable to a lot of degrees like you said with yours and firms, 
uh, it's the same is the equivalent with my um, with law, right? So, in a way, you can also be an attorney and build your own firm. That equates to entrepreneurship, right? Um, even as an advocate, right? Um, you have because you are your own business in a way. You are selling yourself in a way, so people can hire you to advocate their cases and so on and so forth. So it is applicable in mind, but there are also other alternatives that does not need um, entrepreneurship, whether you're working for people, you're being employed, uh, and so on and so forth. So yeah, it is it is relevant. It depend, depends on you what you want to do with your career or with your degree. So yeah, uh, I don't know about uh, Mr. Neo's one. Yeah, maybe Mr. Neil can. Um, so I'm studying the same course as Ms. Bartolile. And okay, before I get into my course, I would just say agree um to what you just said, Abunile, um, with regards to entrepreneurship being relevant to a lot of courses. Because I mean, going back to the drawing board, entrepreneurship is about you know identifying maybe a problem or a need, and then coming up with you know, a solution to it and then selling it to um, the people or the community. So I believe that if I'm doing accounting, well, I am doing accounting, I'm doing accounting and I see a need or um, identify a problem somewhere that needs an accounting skill, then most definitely it is relevant. So. Yeah, I, I would just say in general, I think in entrepreneurship, yeah, entrepreneurship fits in everywhere, just as long as you can um, spot that need and find a solution and just sell it to people. Yeah. Um, I do definitely agree that entrepreneurship is relevant to a lot of fields of study. Um, in my particular field, it is much relevant. You can, sorry, I am studying biokinetics. And in my particular field, you can opt to like open your own practice, your own clinic. Um, but I think the biggest problem that we have as young people and as students is that getting out of tertiary, we're not well equipped to take the bold stand of just going straight and opening your own practice or starting your own thing. Um, so we would need to learn a lot. But recently, I think a few years ago, they did add a module in our final year, in our fourth year, a module called entrepreneurship to kind of help the people that really would want to just go there and open their own practice um, immediately after uni and I think it's a good thing that they took the initiative to like teach us so that we are well informed of the challenges that we could potentially face if we do opt to just go and open our own practice instead of working for someone. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that, you know, universities as well are kind of like, you know, also instilling that, as you said, they introduced the module. But I'd say the biggest challenge with more students is number one, finance. In general, like, I mean, in terms of capital, if you're going to start your own thing, because 
most businesses um, closed down within like the first five years. So, and obviously like you don't have experience in terms of corporate because you were just um, like um, in a work environment unless you're working and studying at the same time. But yeah, um, I think you, um, entrepreneurship can be relevant to um, any sort of degree. Like if it's something that you want, you can definitely link it with what you're studying and you will um, reap the benefits. Would you guys say that the university encourages an entrepreneurial environment or attitude? Because of course we're in a formal education, you know, we're not really like being equipped with how to, you know, maneuver your own business such as taxes and all of those stuff. So would you say like, you know, being in a formal education such as like university encourages, you know, um, the spirits of being an entrepreneur? Um, I think I'd like to go back to um, the few points that Ms. Dineo pointed out um, when she talked about how she always sees people in her race on campus, pushing their businesses, pushing their hustles and still thriving at it as much as this institution is not teaching us to be entrepreneurs. I think people are excelling and learning and growing as entrepreneurs because they are still able to keep the balance of their academics, their social lives, and still running like their businesses. Um, I can also like attest like in my race, they're like girls who do hair, people who sell snacks, people who do nails, um, and like that's the epitome of entrepreneurship. Um, would you say? I, would you say it's more like the students versus like the institution itself? Because what I'm picking up is the people, the students who are encouraging the very the same people like us to be entrepreneurs, not really coming from above. How would you put it? How would you say? Sorry, could you repeat the question? Because no. you were breaking a bit. I'm saying, like, would you say, like, the entrepreneurship spirit is encouraged by the students, not necessarily the institution itself, you know? Because I also mentioned about my, the race that I say. So, yeah, would you mm. say it's more students or more the, the school? I think it's more the students themselves, um, more than anything else, because um, they are taking the initiative using their own little money without any support from the institution, knowledge-wise or otherwise. So I think it's it's, it's, it's instilled in the students um, feeding off maybe other students who have been doing it. And also just, it's important to just take that initiative. And I think at this point, it's evident that that's what they are doing. Um, it's more the students than the institution. Um, to add on what Ms. Hope uh, is saying, um, because I also have the same point, because I don't think um, the curriculum focuses on uh, entrepreneurship. I'll make an example with my field, right? They are training us to be either attorneys or advocates, right? So even in training us to be advocates, for example, they're not training me 
um, since I'm going to be in the business as an entrepreneur where I have to sell myself and so on and so forth, they don't teach me that skill. They rather focus on the argumentative side of things, the procedural side of things of how to do things in court, not how to market myself and how to, you know, to be a profitable uh, investment, you know? So, yeah, I think it would be uh, um, the, the, the university focuses more on giving us knowledge on the career and what the career constitutes of rather than how to make the career work, for example, how to make the career profitable. I don't know with business studies and how they do it there, but I was just relating it to my, my field. It would be the students that are, are propelling the entrepreneurship spirit in, the, in this environment, in the tertiary environment. Yeah, so that's how I see it. And I agree fully with Ms. Hope's point. I don't know how I'm keen to hear Dineo's perspective on it. Um, you know, I think both of you, actually all of you are all right. Um, there's actually a thought as I always have, um, I always wonder, does university actually prepare me to be my own person or does it actually prepare me to go be an employee? Like, it's like they're just preparing me for the workplace, not for Dineo to stand alone as a person and have her own empire. It's just, okay, Dineo, when you get to Miss Batobile's um, company, you must behave like this. You must do this for her business. It's never more about, you know, you um, starting from scratch and doing something for yourself. So I definitely think the, the university is not doing, I wouldn't say anything because I don't know about how other people think, but I think they're not doing much to equip us in that aspect. Um, and it would actually, if universities or our university was doing that, I think it would be a great deal to graduates um, or new graduates that you don't really have to struggle so much looking for a job and stuff because you know that now you are equipped in terms of um, the entrepreneurial side of things. And even because the university encourages this, they probably would be willing to, you know, maybe um, have a competition or something where they could give students money to start up their own business, but none of that is happening. So yeah, I don't think they're doing much for us really in that side, on that side. Yeah, um, I do agree, definitely. Um, For me, like, would you guys say this is sustainable because the way we are trained, you know, is to be employable. And this is obviously tying in with one of the topics that we'll just um, discuss briefly, because I mean, we, there's already a, a so, um, shortage of jobs, you know, like it's tough like globally there's just a recession and you know people cannot only rely on the job markets to be employed and people have skills there's a lot of you know um students who have degrees who are graduates in south africa and who are not um getting jobs with the job market is so tough so would you say like in the long run like it's a sustainable or you know with the 4ir and you know how like the job market is going to change in the foreseeable future you think um, varsity should still like, you know, continue like training its students the way we are trained right now?
Um, so I think Nane with 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 uh, I think the only the only uh, they can the universities obviously can change the curriculum and there's nothing stopping them from introducing entrepreneurship, for example, as a subject in all the fields. There's really nothing. Uh, it's for example the with the, it can even be a side program, um, like the side program that we did and we got extra credits that was on Blackboard. Uh, it had to do with 4IR. You see how they, because 4IR, I know it's gonna be, yeah, it's it's incorporated in almost all the fields as well. So just as entrepreneurship or just as 4IR is incorporated in almost everything, uh, entrepreneurship should be taken uh, with the same, uh, with the same magnitude as it, because it falls in, in almost everything. So the university has the power to do that, but I don't know why it doesn't. So then the onus when the university is not doing it, it becomes on us um, as students, you know? Uh, I think um, from even taking it back to high school level, for example, with me, when I came to university, uh, my English teacher told me that, okay, when you're going there, don't just focus on your stream or the degree that you pick yourself or that you pick for yourself, rather broaden your horizon, right? Try out this, try out this, learn from this. So it becomes with us, it, the onus becomes with us to learn more, you know? I don't know, maybe, okay, not everyone has the luxury of adding an extra module, but uh, acquaint yourself with people that have entrepreneurial skills or acquaint yourself with people that are doing a module or the career of uh, entrepreneurship, right? And that way you can feed off from their information and get a knowledge on how to do things or how to go about entrepreneurship. I hope I'm making sense. Or I hope I heard your question correctly, uh, Ms. Bato. We are definitely making sense. I think, you know, it's um, people are definitely very valuable and you know sometimes we forget that we only consider former education as um, something that is valuable so I think yeah you know learning skills being knowledgeable about different things like uh, keeping a you know different group of people in terms of what um, they're studying you know you can learn from people who are doing like you know business management people who are doing like law, people doing accounting, just, you know, different things in life. So yeah, I definitely agree with what you said. Okay, so um, if you guys don't have, in, do you wanna add today? Um, Yes, I would like to also go back to something that Mr. Neil kind of highlighted, um, what she previously said, which she said that she, it got her thinking if tertiary education is created to make us work for other people and not think as far as becoming employers ourselves. Um, I once read this book 
called, I'm sure most of you know it. Um, it's called Why A Students Work for C Students and B Students Work for the Government. It's a very thought-provoking book because it makes us um, critically like look into the impact that this type of education that is set up for us has on the way we think and the way we feel like um, we have limitations when it comes to certain things. Um, going back to the question that you asked, I feel like I, I, I agree with um, what Mr. Bongile was saying. Um, I do feel like entrepreneurship will have like has a place in the fourth industrial revolution. And um, going back to also the, the course itself, because I decided to take um, full IR as opposed to doing African insights. And it was it was actually something that I found interesting, something that I'd never thought about um, before I got exposed to the course itself, which is to a greater extent beneficial because it made us realize certain things that we we would not have um, been exposed to if we hadn't taken that course. And I think it's definitely important to also um, learn from others, learn from uh, our peers who are like in the other fields. Um, as you were saying, you are doing accounting. I get, there's so much that I could learn um, from like an economics or an accounting student that if I were to take the path of entrepreneurship, I would have um, knowledge on certain things. If I were to take a path in entrepreneurship um, and, and have learned something from maybe my law peers, then I would know uh, certain laws that apply or that I might have to know if I am to be an entrepreneur or a business person. So I think it's also really beneficial. I agree with Mr. Abongile when he spoke on that. Um, it's also beneficial to utilize the platform that we are given at this point in time before we then go into the world or into the corporate world where we will need to be well-equipped and well-versed in all these things. Okay, uh, um, thank you very much, uh, Ms. Hope. Um, do you know what, do you just want to um, add anything or can I move on to the next question? Oh, no, I, I have nothing to say now. Okay, so mm -hmm. I think this is just going to tie in also um, with being an entrepreneur is how does a student equip themselves to be more employable post-university? Because, you know, like recruiters say that all students bring a just piece of paper that I'm but so William Kese before my content graduates that's it I did not participate in any way in terms of the university life you know the only time where I was active I had an active sort of dynamic life was in high school so how does one make themselves more employable um you know actually that question is is relevant right now because um my my bursary had hosted like a career event on on Saturday and this was something that was kind of touched on so we had someone from HR and she said that you know everyone actually what you just said everyone is coming here with a degree everyone here for example has a 
become accounting degree. Um, so what makes you stand out? And one of the things that makes you stand out would be um, being involved in, you know, university things. For us here, you would, one thing that would set you apart from someone, let's say Mr. Abongili, from someone who just has a, a law degree, it would be the fact that you have been in the Golden Key subcommittee and then maybe doing sports. And besides that, um, just being, just doing other, what can I say? You know, applying for other jobs as well while you while you are still in university. Because um, one thing that I really believe in, besides the fact that I love money, that's what maybe motivates me to do it. But um, one thing that I believe in is, you know, looking for jobs and not waiting for myself to, you know, finish university. And one of the reasons is because I want to um, explore. Um, I want to see what do I really like. Um, try to also maybe find a, a workplace culture that I like that maybe one day when after varsity I apply for a certain job and I don't like their culture then I can say no like have a certain preference um, what else and to also show the employer the employer that you you're actually someone who who's willing like who's willing to learn you're not just only focusing on just your university degree. Like you're someone who's willing to go all out. So yeah, I think one of the things that makes you stand out or that makes you employable is to try find other things to do outside of school because even if it's volunteering, it has no money involved. Just do it because um, I think employers do like look on those things when they're checking out your CV. Um, Especially even when they ask you the question that I dread, I don't like this question, but um, when they ask you, tell me about yourself. And now all you can say is that I'm Dineo studying become accounting. Like there needs to be more to you than just that. So yeah, I think, I think we should just try to be busy as much as we can touch on, even if it's just community engagement at UJ, the volunteering thing, just do anything that you can that will make your CV more desirable than just someone who has a degree. Yeah. Thank you, um, Dinella. I think, you know, there's a very like huge um, misconception amongst varsity students that you can't get employed, you know, without a degree, you know, which is false. Cause I mean, there's a lot of people who are, have jobs, you know, just based off the metric. So I think people just, you know, postpone it or just, you know, put it aside that no, I'll only start looking or applying maybe in third year or after I've obtained my degree, which is, you know, as she said, you should constantly be looking for a job, not even only for what for besides the money, obviously money's nice, but even just for yourself, like you can learn different um, skill sets with being like um uh, an employer yourself, you know. So yeah, I definitely like loved that you touched on that. And also with, you know, the question, tell me about yourself, you're more than just your degree. So you obviously will be stuck as how to answer that if you're a person who's not involved in many things. So I think, you know, just try to have interests um, beyond school, but also ones that also can be relevant in terms of, you know, applications for jobs. You know, you mentioned volunteering, you can be part of, um societies and clubs you know there's just um you know be a tutor 
mentor like there's a whole lot of things um that you can be involved in and will increase your chances of employability so yeah um what what do you guys think hope and abo uh i fully agree with both of you guys uh mr neo hits the nail on the head um regarding that you must stretch yourself and not be linear in a way um because uh for example i'm also at the stage where i have um, applied or applied for articles and uh i've been in conversation with firms um the big five or the top five law firms and they always say when they um uh when they when they reply to us of how can we be accepted you know how do we get in you know they always say it's not really about the marks it's about uh your diversity as a person your versatility as a person um you're not just uh, a bookworm for example yes you might be getting your 80s 75s and so on but can you do other things you know um do you know how to manage certain things that are not related to 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 your law degree because ultimately you're working for a firm it's a company you know what other value can you add to this company you know so uh, i guess for example the going back to the entrepreneurship so if you had entrepreneurship skills you can add value with that in this uh, company for example so yeah it's 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 about stretching yourself uh, and uh, regarding a point that miss um miss dinero made about don't just sit and wait for your job i think that's a mistake most of us make we confine ourselves so much that okay for example with law uh people just think law is about okay i'm going to go to court i'm going to do this and this and that so i can only be an attorney or an advocate that's the only thing that i can do with a law degree and it's not like that you know it's what about informing yourself so you can work at the police station with your lp degree you can i just found out recently when i was going through and researching what am i going to do if these avenues are closed for me and doesn't work i'm like oh compliance officer i'm like i don't know what a I found it up on YouTube while I was again low graduates and their YouTube videos uh with the experience after graduating and then someone there was I was reading the comments and someone said I'm a compliance officer I'm like what is a compliance and then I went to go read about it I'm like oh okay if I do this with this degree I can be employable here so you broaden when you broaden your knowledge of what you can do with the degree either than the mainstream or what we are taught you become more employable you can make certain changes or add certain things to your degree that will make you more employable in other fields as well so yeah that's my perspective and two cents on that i don't know what ms hope thinks and I definitely agree with um what Ms. Dineo and what Ms. Dabonile have um said. Um and I like the part where he spoke about um learning what to do with your degree. Because sometimes we are in a box of oh if I get this degree I want to do XYZ with it. 
but sometimes we find ourselves in situations where things don't go according to the way we plan them to go um so i really like um the idea of us opening ourselves to the possibilities of uh doing something that we can access with our degrees um i really like that part um thank you so much um for all of those answers um so yeah the last question i have for today's episode is how does for ir the fourth industrial revolution affect our employability as students and in your respective courses and your field Um, so for me, I would say, um, I don't think, um, I'll speak it in general terms where I'm just generalizing over um, all, all professions uh, or most professions. I don't think um, FYR affects employability in a bad way. Uh, I'll put it like this, for example. So um going back in time you just go back in time let's say before there was uh any um let's say tractors to to move things and to do labor right there were people who were doing that labor, right and then tractors came in and then there was this thought that oh tractors came here to take people's jobs employability is gonna plummet however it also, yes, it's true in a sense that it's going to take certain jobs, but it also opens another market, right? For people to, okay, there must be people who's going to be managing those tractors. There's going to be people who's going to be, uh, what you call it, uh, maintaining those tractors and so on and so forth. So with every uh, uh, degree or discipline, yes, it's going to take certain things, but it also also forces people to upgrade in certain things as well so that uh for example now let's say it doesn't uh librarians go out of work let's say in my department is a law they go out of work uh because now they are not needed everything is online let's say for example uh then it also creates another job market that okay these things are online maybe librarians are not going to be out of the job in the sense that they have to be tutoring and teaching us how these online libraries work. So physically, they might not be there. There's no books for them, but the things just migrated into an online system. So in a way, it doesn't take away jobs. It just shifts them in a way to a new dimension or to a new perspective. And you just have to learn more or upgrade to that level, which yeah, I created to. I hope I'm making sense. So for me, it doesn't take away jobs. It yes, it might close down a door, but it ultimately opens another door for you to work in or excel in. So yeah, that, that is my perspective on the employability and the four IR, how they work together or how they, yeah.
Um, I think that the conversation around um, 4IR and advancement in technology is quite a controversial one um, in, in, in respect of uh, how it affects our employability as human beings. And I remember um, in the 4IR course that UJ offers, they did highlight that as, as technology advances and as robots and machines become smarter and smarter they then take the place of um humans as you were saying like when the tractors came um then people didn't didn't have to till the soil and labor for longer because then the tractor would just 30 minutes it'll be done and um so i think there are pros and cons uh, when it comes to this topic at hand, um, as Mr. Abongile was saying, it also pushes us to also reinvent ourselves, to also know um, the opportunities that are opened when certain doors are closed. Um, as he was, he was talking or speaking on, um, then people need to manage the machine, people need to... Um, be the minds behind the machine and all of that. So I am a 50-50 on this particular question because yeah, to some extent, um, it does negatively affect us. And to some extent, it is quite beneficial. I would definitely agree saying that it's controversial. I think, um, you know, with a proper action plan, and if you know governments and nations are strategic, definitely it gives a, a, an opportunity for people to upscale, um, you know, these skills, and uh, as well as you know, um, tap into new markets, sort of the job markets. So, um, yeah, hopefully we are smart and we go about it the right way, so that you know people are still able to make a living. And still find themselves with um you know jobs for those who prefer not to go the entrepreneurial routes. So yeah, thank you very much, guys, for you know um um today and you know your inputs, your contributions. It is very lovely, very impactful. I hope um the listeners will find this episode you know of value and really take what we said into consideration. So if you guys just wanna say any last minute comments. Um, you can go ahead, but it has been lovely and very glad to have you guys participated in this episode. Uh, um, from my go ahead, Miss Hope, you can go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, I firstly would like to say that I'm, I'm not against uh, 4IR. As you know, the Orange Nation is the leader of the fourth industrial revolution in this country. So, <laughs> um, but um, I would like to say thank you for giving me this opportunity. And I would just like to say to the viewers that change begins with you, where you are with what you have. And it is our responsibility as young people to be the change and take the initiative to change the world that we are in. Definitely, I love that. Thank you very much, Ms. Hope. Uh, uh, from my side, uh, 
I would also like to thank the opportunity that um, Ms. Batumile uh, presented to me to be here and uh, to engage um, with everyone that was part of uh, the, the podcast. Um, and to people listening, um, I think I'll only say uh, that they must uh, continue working on themselves and not to be too hard on themselves. Um, and to also not to be too hard when they don't achieve certain things. Uh, failure is part of the process. Failure is a building block towards success. So that's it from my side. And everyone have a lovely week and a lovely year. Okay, um, that wraps up that wraps up this episode thank you very much everyone and hope to see you listening to our next episode if you have made it this far thank you for tuning in and listening to the trail places podcast please do subscribe share and leave us a review for more content